walked with me every step of the way. I'm getting ready to die, but God's not finished with you. God's going to visit you. No need to doubt Him now. I want us to see several elements and several truths that we find in this story and really the latter part of Joseph's story tonight. No need to doubt Him now. Father, help us and teach us tonight. Father, help us to be a people who start and continue and who will by Your grace end by faith. We're not going to be scared when that time comes. When we're getting ready to step over that threshold from this life into eternity, we're getting ready to take our last breath here and step into the glories of eternity. Father, help us to do it by faith. No need to doubt Him now. No need to doubt you now. You've been with us every step of the way. You've proven yourself faithful every moment of the journey. There's no need to doubt you now. Father, I pray that you'll just remind us of that tonight. Father, I don't have any doubt. Most everyone in here tonight knows the details and the facts that we're going to speak about tonight in the book of Genesis. But Father, there might be an individual tonight, one of your children, whose faith is weak tonight. May you strengthen it. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. We need to hear from Your Word tonight, not from a man. We need to hear from You tonight. We need to hear from Your Word. Help us to receive it. Help us to apply it. And we'll be sure to thank You for it. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Number one tonight, I want us to see this. I'd like for us to see the dreams which were divine. The dreams which were divine. Take your Bibles and go to chapter number 37 if you would. Genesis chapter number 37, the dreams which were divine. We've said it many, many times. We mentioned it even again Sunday night. And I don't want to be repetitious, but repetition is necessary many, many times. Courage is faith in God's promises. Any of us in here tonight can live courageously. It doesn't matter our size doesn't matter our physical makeup. Every single one of us in here tonight who know Christ, who is a child of the God of heaven, can live a courageous life. And we can do so by simply having faith in God's promises. That's what courage is. It's having faith in God's promises. God's promises are divine. Because God is divine. The dreams that Joseph had were divine. They were going to come to pass because they were from God. Not because Joseph had dreamed something up in his mind about what he wanted to do, which direction he wanted to go, what he wanted his future to look like. No, no, no. They were from God. Genesis chapter 37 verse 1. The Bible says, And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah and his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat 
of many colors. When his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? They understood what it meant. And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. He dreamed yet another dream and told it his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. He told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the same. And his brethren went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said to him, Here am I. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent him out to the vale of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. A certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, They are departed hence, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him. Cast him into some pit. And we will say some evil beast hath devoured him. Notice the last part of the verse. We shall see what will become of his dreams. By the way, here's the truth. If they had been his dreams, they could have killed them. They could have killed his dreams. But they weren't his dreams. They were God's dreams for him. They were from God for him, letting him know, letting the family know, letting them know how, not not all the little details because they're going to find that out later, but the fact that God is going to use him. The dreams which were divine, they were divine in their purpose. They were divine in their promise. They were divine in their power. They were divine in their purpose in Genesis chapter 45 Joseph, after he has made himself known to his brethren there in Egypt, he said, he said, look, it wasn't you that sent me here, it was God. God sent me here to preserve much life. He sent me here to preserve life. It was divine in its perfect, excuse me, purpose. It was divine in its promise. Genesis 17 in verse number 8. Genesis 26 in verse number 3. Genesis 28 in verse 13. If you're taking notes tonight... Look with me, if you would, at Genesis 17. We'll just read one of the, one of the passages. Genesis 17, verse number 8. The dreams which were divine, they were divine in their purpose, they were divine in their promise. Genesis 17, in verse number 8. Genesis 26, 3. Genesis 28, 13. In numerous other places in the book of Genesis, we have the recount of what, uh, or the, the rehearsing of what God has promised to Abraham, and to Isaac, and to Jacob. In verse number 8, it says, And I will give unto thee, and to thy seed after thee, the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. 
They were divine in their power. Look at Genesis chapter number 15. They were divine in their purpose and their promise. They were divine in their power, their dreams, which were divine. Genesis 50 and verse number 19. Jacob has passed off the scene and Joseph's brethren are fearful. Dad's gone. What is Joseph going to do to us now? In verse number 19, Joseph said to them, Fear not. Notice this. For am I in the place of who? Of God. Back in Genesis 45, the verses that we just referenced, Joseph said, look, it wasn't you that sent me here, it was God. Did they send him there? Did they put him in the pit and sell him? Yes. But Joseph said, God desired, God planned for me to be here. God planned for me to be here so that we could preserve much life. Much people alive, he says. Number one, the dreams which were divine. If it's God's word, no need to doubt him now. The dreams which were divine. Number two, the days which were difficult. The dreams which were divine. Number two, the days which are difficult. Because here's the truth tonight. No matter how divine God's word is, and it is divine, no matter how divine the dreams are, there are difficult days that come. And Satan uses those as opportunities to cause us to doubt. Cause us to doubt God's desire, God's plan, God's purpose for our lives. To doubt God Himself sometimes. Number two, we see the days which were difficult. The dreams which were divine, the days which were difficult. By the way, let let me say this. I, I love the story of Joseph because it constantly convicts me. Because we live in a day, we live in a world, believer and unbeliever alike, who live their lives based on circumstances. That's not how Joseph lived. If anybody could have had a pity party, it would have been Joseph, right? Now, I'm not saying he never had one, but it's not recorded. If anybody could have done it, it could have been him. If anybody could have said, hey... Those dreams I had back there, they're done. They're gone. Look what everybody else has done to me and I quit. Joseph didn't do that, did he? Joseph didn't live his life based on what everybody else was doing or what it perceived to be that everybody else was doing to him. We live in a day today, whether believer or unbeliever alike, there's absolutely no personal responsibility. I am who I am because of what somebody else did to me. No, you're not. You are who you are because of the decisions that you make. I get it. Different people grow up in different environments. And I'm thankful tonight for the environment I grew up in. But even if I hadn't have grown up in that environment, it's still on me to make the decisions that I make. And by the way, because of the environment that I grew up in, I personally believe based on the Scriptures to whom much is given, much is required, there is much required of me. I don't have any excuses. Now, I make excuses sometimes. But I don't have any excuses. Because I grew up with a mom and dad who loved God. I grew up with a mom and dad who took me to church. 
I grew up with a mom and dad who had me under good preaching. I grew up with a mom and dad who dis- excuse me, disciplined me properly, biblically, according to the Word of God. I don't have any excuses. Now, I'm good at making them. I'm good at having pity for myself sometimes. But I just wonder what the God of heaven is doing when I do that. I often wonder... Is he, is he laughing or crying? Really? You're going to make an excuse for that? Is he laughing or is he crying or is he weeping or is he grieved? He's probably grieved. The Bible says we grieve the Holy Spirit. And listen, step after step after step in the life of Joseph, he had opportunity to make wrong decisions and he didn't. Because in Genesis 39, he said, how can I do it? Let's look at it real quickly. I don't want to misquote it. Would you look at Genesis 39 real quickly? Verse number 9. The days which were difficult. You know what? You're going to have difficult days. You know what the answer is? The answer is, I need 12 steps to get through my difficulty today. No, you don't. You know what the answer is? I need to obey God's Word today. I need to obey God's Word today. I don't need 12 steps to recovery today. I need to obey God's Word today. We we don't let our children have 12 steps to disobedience, do we? Why do we give ourselves an out? Genesis 39 and verse number 9, He says, There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath He kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art His wife. Here, I believe, is the motto that Joseph lived by, that helped him to make right decisions difficult day after difficult day after difficult day after difficult day. He says, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Because his motivation, I don't believe it was motivation, I believe it was just faithfulness. His motivation was simply obedience to Almighty God. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 10. And it came to pass as she spake to Joseph, what are the next three words? Day by day. Day after day after day, she's coming. Number one, the dreams which were divine. Number two, the days which were difficult. And I'm not diminishing tonight at all that you and I and all of us tonight, we have difficult days sometimes. But you know what the answer is? It's faith. It's faith. The days which were difficult. There were days of rejection. Genesis 37, 28. Brothers throw him in the pit and they sell him. There were days of rejection. There were days of temptation. We just read it. Genesis 39 and verse number 10. It came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her, excuse me, to lie by her or to be with her. There were days of rejection. There were days of temptation. Thirdly, there were days of deception. Still here in Genesis chapter number 39, what does Mrs. Potiphar do? She tells a lie. She bears false witness. You ever had anybody bear false witness against you? It's not fun, is it? When you know the truth and somebody's spreading lies and you know in your heart that it's not true and you know in your heart that at that very moment there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to let God take care of it. Truth always wins. I'm thankful for that. 
But there are times when in your heart, at that very moment, you know there's absolutely nothing I can do, and I know this individual's lying, I know these individuals are lying, they're, they're spreading seeds of discord, they're spreading seeds of doubt, they're spreading seeds of deception, they are bearing false witness, and you know it. You're going to have days like that. What's the answer? Faith. There were days of rejection, there were days of temptation, there were days of deception. Genesis 39, if you're there, look at verse 16. We know the stories. He came in, there was nobody in the house but him and Mrs. Potiphar. And she grabbed his garment, his outer garment. He left it, he ran. The Bible says, verse 16, And she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. And she spake unto him according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant which thou hast brought unto us came in unto me to mock me. And it came to pass as I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled out. And it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife, which he spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in the prison. There were days of rejection. There were days of temptation. There were days of deception. There are going to be days which are difficult. There are going to be days when Satan's going to try to take the opportunity to cause us to doubt. But no need to doubt him now. Doesn't matter what the day brings forth. Rejection, temptation, deception. Number four, frustration. There were days of frustration. He goes to the prison. He's there. He's doing a great job. The, the, the prison guard puts him, commits, the Bible says in verse 22, commits to Joseph's hand all the prisoners. He puts him in charge. Chapter number 40 he has the the baker and the butler, and he interprets the dream. God interprets the dream for him, and he tells the baker and the butler, we know the baker is going to lose his life, is going to be hanged. The butler is going to go back and get his job back and is going to give the, the Pharaoh his cup again. And Joseph, he says, listen, hey, when you come back to the palace, tell the Pharaoh, tell the king about me, because I, I, I don't deserve to be here. I haven't done anything wrong. And look at chapter number 41. Verse number 1, chapter 41 and verse 1. It came to pass at the end of, what's the word there? Two, two full years. That Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. Two years have passed since Joseph asked the butler, Hey, will you, will you speak a word for me to the Pharaoh? There are going to be days of frustration. Days of frustration, days of isolation. I'm here, two years have gone by, I haven't heard anything. He's probably forgotten. And by the way, he did, didn't he? The butler forgot until the Pharaoh has the dream and he's like, Light bulb, I remember a man. The dreams were divine. God's Word is true. God's Word is divine. God's Word is worthy for us to have faith in. But there are going to be days that are difficult, aren't there? What is the answer? Quit? Go do something else? No. The answer is faith. The answer is trust the Lord. The answer is how can I do this great wickedness and sin against my God? He died how He lived. He lived by faith. Number one, the dreams which were divine. Number two, the days which were difficult. Number three, the declaration which left no doubt. Take your Bibles and go back to Genesis 50 again, if you would. The declaration which left no doubt. 
the dreams which were divine, the days which were difficult. We Listen, we can't even imagine what Joseph went through, can we? Yeah, we can't even imagine that. I can't imagine someone throwing me in a pit and selling me. I can't, I can't imagine working for someone, going to a, a, a foreign land and, and being away from my family and working for someone and he prospers because of me. Because the Lord was with him. And he prospers and he prospers and then there's a, a wicked strange woman in the home and there's a, there's a wicked wife in the home and she bears false witness and she tempts day after day after day. And you're just doing right and you're just doing right. And you end up in jail. That'd be enough to make you quit, wouldn't it? Lord, I've had enough. I'm doing right because I love you. I'm doing right. I told her that I couldn't do anything with her because of you. Not because of Potiphar, but because of you. Then he goes to prison. Still does right. To the point the guard puts him in charge, commits the other prisoners to his hand, the Bible says. Interprets the dream and they forget about it. And step after step after step after step on the journey. He's just living by faith. Pastor, do you ever think he had moments where he wanted to quit? I don't know. I don't know. The Bible doesn't record it. I do know he was a man just like we are. I do know he's a great type of Christ, so I, you know, I don't know. But I do know this. Even if he had the doubts, he didn't act upon them. He acted by faith. Genesis chapter 50, we've already read it. The declaration which left no doubt. Verse 24, And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die. And God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land into the land which he sware to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God, what faith. By the way, Joseph had been listening. How did he know this? How did he know it? How did he know that the Lord would visit them? How did he know that that land, the land of Canaan, how did he know that that was the promised land? How did he know that, that, that there were going to be multitudes in that land, that God was going to make a great people from his heritage, from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, verse 24 mentions. The land which he sware to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. How did he know that? Because he was listening when Jacob talked about it. He was listening. He was listening because that's where they were. He listened to his dad tell them, God has promised us this land. God has promised to make a great people out of us. 
And when he got down in Egypt, he didn't say, well, I don't guess that was true. I don't guess what dad told me about God making a great nation out of us. I just, I don't guess that was true. He didn't say that. Did he? You tell me, did he? No. Genesis 50 shows us he didn't think that. So you know what, even though we're here in Egypt, God is still going to make a great nation out of us. And you know what that means? That means there's going to come a day when He's going to visit you. There's going to come a day when He's going to bring you out of here. Some people believe that maybe Joseph had a special revelation, maybe. But I know this, he listened. Hey, teenagers tonight, you want to have some promises that you can believe in? Then listen. Listen when the word is preached. Listen when your mom and dad talk about it. Don't, ah, no, listen. The declaration which left no doubt. No doubt what, Pastor? What do you mean? No doubt to where Joseph's faith was. It was in the God of heaven. He said, God's surely going to visit you. Even to the point in verse number 25, Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel saying, God will surely visit you ye shall, excuse me, and ye shall carry up my bones from this. He said, look, I, I, I'm, not, this, I'm not just talking. This isn't old Joseph ready to die. No, no, no. You're going to have to promise me that when God visits us here in Egypt, that my bones are going to be taken out. By the way, think about this. That didn't happen immediately. And so that oath, that promise, was told and repeated and told and repeated until they actually left Egypt. Let me ask you, did that happen? Sure it did. Take your Bibles and go to Joshua 24. The declaration which left no doubt. We see first of all the boldness of Joseph's beliefs. And then we see the burial of Joseph's bones. We see the boldness of Joseph's beliefs twice in Genesis 50 verses 24 and 25. He says, surely, certainly, definitely, no doubt about it. God's going to visit and when He does, you take my bones out of here. And then secondly, we see the burial of Joseph's bones. Joshua chapter number 24. Before we get to the actual verse, look at verse 15. We know this verse. What a heritage. By the way, what tribe was Joshua from? Who were Joseph's sons? Ephraim and Manasseh. What tribe was Joshua from? Ephraim. What a heritage. The man that led them into the promised land. One of the descendants of the man who said, when you leave here, when God visits us, take my bones out of here. Ephraim and Manasseh. Joshua 24, 15. The Bible says, excuse me, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. I, I just show you this verse because this is the heritage. The Bible says back in Genesis chapter number 50 that Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation. They were brought up upon Joseph's 
knees. Joseph, such an impact upon his family, upon their legacy, upon their heritage. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which were your father, excuse me, which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You see that? A man of decision. A man who says, look, I, I, I want you to serve the Lord. I, I want you to be here with me. I want you to do right. But, but if you think it's evil to serve the Lord, then, then serve the gods that your fathers served on the other side of the flood. But for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. A man of decision. Not a man who went with, the, with, with every wind of doctrine, the way the wind blew. He didn't do that. He was a man of decision. He, he wasn't bound by his circumstances. He wasn't bound by what was going on in his life. He wasn't bound by what someone else was doing to him. He was bound simply by God's Word. And he said, I'm going to serve my God. That was a direct descendant of Joseph. The boldness of his beliefs. The burial of Joseph's bones. Look at verse 32. Hey, kids tonight, teenagers tonight, don't live your life based, excuse me, based on circumstances. Don't live your life, woe is me, look what everybody's doing against me. I can't do anything because everybody's against me. Don't you dare live your life like that. God doesn't desire for you to live your life like that. God desires for you to live your life in obedience to His Word no matter the circumstances. But it's hard. But days are difficult. I know. But Joseph had difficult days. And he still lived for God. Jesus Christ had difficult days and he still went to the cross of Calvary. Don't live that way. God doesn't desire for us to live that way. Woe is me. A vic- Here it is. Victim mentality. That's the world we live in, isn't it? Victim mentality. Everybody owes me something. Nobody owes me anything. What I deserve is hell. I'm thankful I'm not going there. I'm not a victim at all. I'm a victor in Jesus Christ. Joshua 24 verse 32. Actually, let's just drop back to verse 29. And it came to pass after these things that Joshua... The son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. Huh, same age, by the way. And they buried him in the board of his inheritance in Timnath Sarah, which is in Mount Ephraim, on the north side of the hill of Gaash. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua and which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. And the bones of Joseph. See, we, we can read this. But think about every step that went into this happening. Think about when when Moses came to Egypt and he goes before Pharaoh and he says, let my people go and the plagues come and the plagues come and finally Pharaoh says, get out of here. What's one of the things they took with them? Joseph's bones. Who carried them? Somebody tell me now, who carried them? I don't know either. I'm just, I'm just asking. <laughs> who, came, who got to carry the bones? Who, who, who guarded them? Who came, d- during all the battles and everything that, that happens in the book of Joshua, they're, no doubt they're kept in a safe place. Were they buried immediately? 
It says, In the bones of Joseph, which the children of Israel brought up out of Egypt, buried they in Shechem in a parcel of ground, which Jacob bought of the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for a hundred pieces of silver, and it became the inheritance of the children of Joah, excuse me, of Joseph. The dreams which were divine, the days which were difficult, the declaration which left no doubt. Hebrews 11, verse 22. You don't have to turn there. Let me read it. We'll be done. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. God help us to start. God help us to continue. And God help us to end by faith. Don't you want to die like that? Hey, I die. And it's okay because I know where I'm going. And it's okay because I'll see you when you get there. Don't you want to die with absolutely no fear, no regrets, no worries, no concerns? A child of God shouldn't have worries or concerns about death or someone who says they're a child of God by faith. No need to doubt Him now. He's proven Himself too many times. No need to doubt Him now. Father, thank You for the message that You give us from Your Word. Thank You for the example of Joseph. Thank You for the man who just day after day on that journey just lived by faith. Trusted You. Trusted Your promises trusted your plan for his life. Even though for many steps and many days, it probably did not make a whole lot of sense. And Father, I pray for the individual tonight who may be struggling with this area of faith. Their faith is weak. doesn't mean they're a bad Christian. doesn't mean they're um, an inferior Christian. It just means we need to trust you. We need to listen to your word more. And we just need to trust it. Father, if there's someone who needs to deal with you tonight or you've already dealt with and they need to just simply submit and maybe get some things right with you, I pray that we would do that tonight. Help us, Lord, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask